Welcome to the Data Bytes podcast, brought to you by Women in Data. My name is Sadie St. Lawrence, and it's my pleasure to be your host for these weekly interviews where we share inspiring stories, thought leaderships, and discussions to help you excel in your data career. At Women in Data, our mission is to increase diversity in data careers, and we do this through awareness, education, and empowerment. Today, I'm joined by two guests. Our first guest is Nestle Biskin, data scientist and researcher with a PhD in electrical and computer engineering and a master's of science in mathematics. Nestle is also the instructor for Women in Data's data science portfolio class. Our second guest is Tay Johnson. Tay is a technologist and educator who has worked in a variety of industries, including nonprofits, startups, and global enterprises. In addition, Tay is an instructor for Women in Data's data analytics portfolio class. In this episode, we chat about the keys to a great portfolio, the importance of defining your business question, and how to get inspiration from everyday life for your portfolio projects. Nestle, Tay, welcome to the Data Bytes podcast. Thanks so much for coming on and taking this time to chat with all of us today. So I am excited to be chatting with the two of you because each of you taught a class for women in data in regards to building a portfolio. Nestle, you taught class in regards to building a data science and machine learning portfolio, and Tay was focused on a portfolio for data analysis. So first, I want to just chat a little bit more about, one, what made you fall in love with building portfolios, and what has been the most exciting project you've worked on in your portfolio? So um, Tay, do you want to go first and share a little bit more about some of the portfolio and the projects you've worked on prior to this? Yeah, sure. So again, my name is Tay. And one of the things that I enjoy the most about some of my projects is just having the ability to create data pipelines. So I think more about data from like a sequence level. So I think about it in steps. So one thing I like is to be able to see the big picture. So you can kind of see it come alive in a sense. And that is the most exciting part because sometimes when you're playing around in Excel or whatever you use, you may not be able to see the full scope of what you're creating. And I feel like when you have like a diagram or something visually to see, it makes it that much more exciting. Nestle, what about you? Yeah, so um, for me, like uh, this class was really uh, um, like a different journey. Because like I, I have done projects in the past and I know how to do some something in data science, like given any, any kind of um, problem. Uh, but um, putting together this class oh, taught me a lot also because like you don't have the exact steps for each uh, project in mind. When you are doing it, you are doing it. Uh, but like when it comes to teaching someone how to do step by step, it's totally something different. So I learned a lot myself and um, now it's like a better clear picture in front of me. And I hope people will, will also like it that way. So prior to teaching this class, both of you have added projects to your portfolio before. Can you talk us through a project you personally worked on and what you really enjoyed about that project and some of the things you just learned from building your own personal portfolio? Um, I can go. And I think one thing I've been able to do in my spare time before this was having the ability to create my own portfolio, meaning like my own website and making sure that I can think more about what I do and being able to describe it to a novice. 
And I think sometimes that was a little more difficult. It's like, who am I was the question I would ask. I know I've been working for a number of years, but to actually put it down and speak about myself, my skills was actually really hard. So that was really exciting in terms of me trying to create my own kind of display my projects in a way because some of the stuff in the back end you may not be able to see. So it was really great for me to actually have like a good blurb of saying like, who is Tay and what does she do? So you make a really good point, which is, and I think a lot of us struggle with this, you know, we build these skills, we work on these projects, but like, how do I best represent those and talk about them to the world? So, you know, do you have any tips for people in terms of like, one, how to narrow in on a project and select like a data set or a business problem that you want to focus on? And then how do you best communicate that out to the world, especially with the focus being as a data analyst? Um, I would say like the first tip I can think of is just knowing what you're trying to solve. And that can be like a question or trying to fill like a gap that you see. So I usually ask myself, like, why am I doing this? What's the purpose for me to even want to solve something? And I always come from a place of a need first. And that's like the first step that I give for myself. I love the um, focus on the need. And I think something that sometimes here in this work is like, we need to have a lot of empathy in terms of the work that we're doing. And so would you say that when you're looking to find what that need is, it requires like a lot of empathy and getting into the mindset of the users or the business problem in terms of being able to find that need? Yeah, it does. I always think from the lens of if I'm in a particular role or if I'm a customer, how would I approach the either system that I'm using or the information that I'm entering in? I always think about, okay, so what would I want to know if I'm a manager of a team? You know, and then if I'm a consumer, I want to know, okay, why do they need to have access to this information? I'm always thinking from that lens and that really helps with documentation as well, because you can kind of write it from that case study viewpoint of like, okay, if you're in this position, this is probably the information you'll want to know. Yeah, always key to put yourself in the mindset of that end user so you can communicate effectively and make sure that what you're communicating is resonating with them. And so Nestle, for you, building the data science portfolio and building your own data science portfolio, what has been one of the most exciting projects you've personally worked on in building a data science portfolio? Yeah, I have uh, tried like a lot of things actually. So like I have a project um, that I learned um, NLP, like, and then I have kind of um, tried like the computer vision. I have different fields like from marketing um, to health. So I, I have tried a lot of things, but I think the most exciting uh, one for me is always health related ones. So whenever I work with a health uh, related project, like if it, it kind of keeps me awake and I, I have more patience towards the project so I can get better results, like because it's kind of the key. And um, if you don't really feel, uh, if you don't really uh, feel that passion, it's like the project is going to maybe end forever sometimes if you really don't like it. But if you uh, have it in your mind and if you are uh, really trying to solve the problem, if you see the need of like for, for solving the problem, if you feel that way and then like you can be more creative, you can 
answer the uh, exact problem that you are trying to solve, also you can add on to it. So you can even develop the project, get more insights to the data and maybe come up with more stuff than you were expecting. So it's the most um, like uh, it's the most exciting part for me. And when I like start thinking about this project, I can get creative. So you mentioned something here that I think it's a key to point out, which is you've used portfolio projects to work in different industries in a way, whether that's work, you know, work on healthcare problems, work on finance problems, work on consumer good problems. Um, And I think a lot of times we're using portfolio projects to show our work and to be able to get hired. But would you say there's an opportunity even before we're showing our work to get hired that we use this to explore different spaces and different industries within data to really find what area most resonates with us? Like, have, have you seen that play a role? Like before you even show all of your work on your website or in your portfolio, use portfolio projects to get closer to the industry you want to be in. Yeah, like um, if, you, if you don't know anything about a field, for example, finance is a field that I was never interested in until I, I did the residency program with Women in Data with a financial technology company. So uh, it was a short project, but still I never uh, would have expected myself to do a finance project and enjoy it. (laughs) So like you never know until you try. Sometimes you just need to give it a try. And if you don't like it, it's okay. You can just finish the project and end it there and just follow your passion. But sometimes like you learn a lot from that and also seeing different fields help kind of... like help you to understand other problems better, like because of the diversity. So like you learn about this specific field, but it's also uh, related to other fields. So they all, they are like, everything is related. So you can kind of apply your skills that you learned in one field to another field. So it's, I think it's also adding you those skills at the same time. So Tay, we know there are a lot of benefits from building a portfolio, particularly as a new data analyst trying to break into the field, but it's not an easy task either, right? So where are the common pitfalls that you see either students struggling or you've struggled in the past personally in being able to get started and finish building out a portfolio for data analysis? I'll have to say just making sure I have enough information in form of data was always a challenge of me. Um, It was like, do I have all the information I need to provide the analysis that I'm looking for? And then also being able to make sure that I knew what my end goal was at all times. And I say that because sometimes you can get into the weeds of your data and you'll find out something else that you didn't even know was there. So that two-part thing has actually been like throughout my career, (laughs) throughout like all of my senior roles that I've had. And are there ways to overcome these challenges? Is it a matter of talking to more people or what's kind of the strategy and tactics you take now to overcome some of these challenges? 
Yeah, talking to more people who either have touch points with that particular data. So that can be someone on my team or someone that I collaborate with because maybe they have insights or looking at the data from a different angle than me. And I feel like sometimes that can happen when you're staring at something for a long period of time. You're like, oh, I have a certain viewpoint of this, but someone else will look at it and say something completely different. So when you are trying to break into the field, it can be harder to find people to talk to, right? So that's a great strategy when you're at a company, you're working with people, you have people within the company you can reach out to and talk to within the business. Any recommendations for people who are not in that first job yet, they're building out a portfolio, you know, they want to understand that business problem. How can they have those conversations with people? Like where, where's a good place for them to get started and go? Oh, yeah, for sure. I always say any type of online resource or online network with different members. And of course, Women Data is one of them, but there are so many other organizations where you can find like-minded individuals based on your interests. And I know I've been able to look at forms, for example, and of course, like engineers have their own elements as well, where you can kind of just read other questions that people post and then find answers. So I definitely say, of course, it's cliche, but Google is your best friend in terms of that when you're first starting out. But it's something that I had to do first before I actually was going to like meetups in New York City when I first started out. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion and, and also a good reminder for us to expand the communities that we're a part of as well. So we may be focused in a particular tech sector or vertical, but that doesn't mean that we can't get involved in communities that are industry focused, whether they're focused in healthcare or in high tech or startup communities. There's an opportunity to expand the communities that we're a part of as well. So I think that's a great suggestion. So for you, Nestle, in regards to building a data science slash ML portfolio, what are the common struggles either you face or you've seen some of your students face and how do you overcome those? I think the biggest problem is uh, when you don't have a question in mind and when you really don't um, try to understand the data, but just dive into the machine learning part. And like you get stuck over there because you don't have a question in hand. You don't know what you are trying to answer. And I I, I have seen this a lot. Like um, when people, okay, they, they just have this intention of building their portfolio and they want to do like have the ability to show their skills in machine learning or even deep learning. Uh, but then, okay, you can always code and you can even find tutorials if you are an um, like a starter. You can do things like, but the coding part is not the hardest part. The hardest part is understanding the data, understanding the problem, or coming up with a problem to solve on your own. So, like when you skip that part, like all of it is like, okay, there is some code in here. I don't know what it is doing. So you need to first, I think, and also another problem is when you don't have a clear question in mind, you don't have the passion to finish the project. And I know a lot of people just start a project and leave it there and because like they are not feeling like it's doing anything. They just show their skills and that's all like, okay, I know how to apply this and that algorithms, but they don't have a full project. They just stop there. So I think like the the most important thing for building your portfolio is 
um, just get curious about something and it can be anything in your life. For example, I have a like a five year old and then um, like I was going to talk about this for, for a future project, but let me start here. So he keeps asking questions and I might, when I tell him something, he changes his questions. So like, Take examples from your everyday life. And then I want to, for example, I want to understand his pattern. So I'm also interested in NLP. So I, I just, it's the, I don't know when I'm going to do this project, but I just want to keep collecting his questions and answers. And then I want to predict what is his next question going to be. So like, it can be anything from your daily life, just anything that you're curious about to learn. So make it a project and then find the appropriate uh, algorithm to solve this problem. Not start with the algorithm, start with the problem or start with the data. And like finding the data is also important. You need to make sure that the data has the answer for your question. Otherwise, again, unfinished projects. So they are all like, I think the key things are the data and understanding of the problem. Yeah, so it's interesting whether you're building a project for your portfolio for a data analyst role or a data science or machine learning. It's you both are saying the same thing here, which is like get really clear on that question and the problem. And I think it's so easy for us. We want to, like you said, Nestle, put our skills to use. So we want to dive into the coding and the model to show what we can do as fast as possible. But both of you are saying, hey, hold on a second, right? That's going to be of no avail if you don't clearly define that problem and question first, which I know it can be really hard for a lot of us because it can feel like a waste of time in the beginning to take so much time defining it. But what you're saying is really encouraging. It will pay off in, in the long run. I also want to double click into a little bit of what you're talking about with getting really curious and finding inspiration in your everyday life. I think that's one of the best ways to find a really great portfolio um, and a project to work on in your portfolio is having that childlike curiosity. And it, your example is great because you have a young son and we know that kids just love to ask why questions, which for a lot of parents may get annoying at times, but we can take that as an inspiration just as you have to inspire projects. And so I'm, I'd love to know if there's any other areas that you, like, how do you build that curiosity within your own life? Like, how do you start looking and seeing, you know, asking those questions, just like a child to get that inspiration for your next project? So Tay, is there any tips for people on like how to build that curiosity muscle and find inspiration in your everyday life for a project for your portfolio? Yeah, I always think about the various different touch points of like the impact that my analysis will have. So if I'm coming from that lens of, okay, why is this information important or why is it relevant? Also, if I'm in another position that may touch that particular data or analysis, that's another lens that I think is very important to think about because once you start thinking from the lens of different types of stakeholders, as we call it in the industry, it makes you even more curious about what's going on over there. 
Like, okay, what data do they have? I know I have my analysis over here in this team, but they may have access to data too. And you start to think about the bigger picture in terms of not just very specific data points, but how there are so much data that we collect overall that has so many touch points, not just within one team, but probably multiple teams at this point. And Nestle, what about you? I mean, besides being inspired by your your child and the questions he asks, are there other ways that you find yourself strengthening your curiosity and exploring and getting inspiration for new projects? Yeah, I think like um, whenever I attend a conference, whether it be a half day, one or three day, like I, I come up with a lot of ideas. Oh, like I never thought of this before, but like I kind of combine all the things together and then like my curiosity or my knowledge about something or my questions and then I just put them all together and then a new project comes out so listening to others is also really important you may have curiosity in yourself but if you don't don't really learn from others it's gonna be stuck at some point so always try to learn more like listen to people who have done projects whether it be like a, a really unrelated uh, feel to you like it can be like I can listen to a finance project and I'm getting inspired for my health data so it doesn't have to be the specific field you are interested in but you can listen to anybody in any field doing any kind of project and you can still be inspired it doesn't even have to be a machine learning project it can be anything like just listen to people like what they succeed and what they like, how they find new ideas, how they solve problems. If it is problem solving, it's going to apply to your project anyways. I love it. Well, thank you. I think this has given our listeners a lot of great tips on how to build and select a project for your portfolio. And I hope that each of them have taken away some insights from this, but more importantly, each of you have taught a class on this within Women in Data. So I'd love to wrap up and just hear from you. Like, What are some of the outcomes that you hope students have as they go through your individual class? Um, so Nestle, let's start with you. What do you, what do you hope is the outcome for students that take your machine learning and data science portfolio class? Um, I hope they can finish at least one project <laughs> to start with. Sometimes I know like life comes up and you, are, you don't know what's going to happen in the next month or the month following that. So I have had students who had a new job of offer, so they had to, um, they couldn't finish their project. So things may happen, but still, uh, if you can finish at least one project taking this class, that's great. And uh, the best thing you can take out of this class is uh, understanding how to build your own project at any time, like you don't like without without the class. So you, if you have that, um, like um, clear steps in your mind and where to start, how to find the data, how to find the exact question, how to explain it to non-technical people. If you kind of learn this, uh, these these steps throughout this class that's gonna be the best uh, output for you so um i hope they will do a lot of projects after this great and tay what about you um i have to say for mine is it's kind of similar but in a sense that i just hope that they're able to learn something new about data analytics or data analysts because 
I feel like sometimes things can get murky between titles, but just understanding that data is the focal point no matter where you're at and understanding the importance of data for a lot of organizations and our current climate and being very tech heavy. Um, and also just making sure that they, of course, feel confident in their skill level. And even if you don't know something right away, you aren't an expert in it, that they can definitely see that at the ending of the tunnel, there is a light and they'll be able to get to completion. I think staying more positive about the entire journey of learning a new skill if they're at that stage. Awesome. Well, thank you, both of you, for taking the time to teach and share your knowledge and come on this show and speak with us. Um, but as always, we like to have a little fun on the podcast and usually end that with some rapid fire questions. So if you're ready, we can jump into the rapid fire questions. Okay. Yes. Great. So first question, and I'll ask, we'll go Tay and then Nestle. What song do you currently have on repeat? Champion by Nicki Minaj. Love it. Nestle? Oh, I don't have a music taste uh, since I have children. <laughs> uh, so the, the one I have on repeat is from a Turkish singer, Tarkan, uh, because my five-year-old loves it. So we have to listen to all day. Yes, I've noticed parents with young kids who come on the show are like, I don't no longer get to pick the songs. It's Baby Shark now or whatever is the new favorite song that they want to play. So <laughs> um, favorite place you've traveled? I would have to say Miami, Florida. Uh, it keeps changing for me. Like usually the latest one is my favorite. So the latest place I visited was Switzerland. So the places in Switzerland. Happiness is? Uh, I would say being at peace. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> being in peace with yourself. <laughs> Yeah, for me, like it doesn't have to be um, seen from outside. It's something inside you. Like when people look at me, they don't know if I am happy or not most of the times because I'm kind of an introvert and I don't show my emotions a lot. So I think like if you're happy inside, that's, that's all the point. It doesn't have to show up outside. In the next five years, I hope to be somewhat retired <laughs> yes <laughs> yes please. um become an expert in nlp so that's my goal career-wise and last question to me curiosity is always learning something new um uh, not seeing learning um as a job it's coming from like from inside you well, thank you both for taking the time again to come on the show. If people want to get connected with you and learn more about your work, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I think I'm active on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Perfect. We'll include those handles in the show notes. Nestle? Yeah, for me, LinkedIn is the best way to connect. Perfect. Well, again, thank you for coming on the show and really just appreciate your time and all of your work to help create more access points for individuals to have a pathway into data science, ML, and analytics. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And a big thank you to our listeners. As always, remember to stay curious and keep learning, and we will catch you next time.
If you enjoyed today's conversation on the Data Bytes podcast, we welcome you to continue the conversation and join our global community by becoming a member at womenindata.org. All Data Bytes listeners receive 20% off using the promo code DATABYTES20.